On this episode of the 132 Breeze podcast, we talk about the weekend that was in the NCAA tournament, the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 action. We have a new segment, Big Deal or No Deal. And then we have Casey's Corner Kick. Let's start the Monday off right. Let's go. Another edition of 132 Breeze podcast. I will go ahead and bring in Casey, the professional Badger fan. How are you doing this weekend? Good evening, Marlo. It is uh, good to hear your voice over the internet. Uh, it was strange hearing it in person this weekend. Um, so it's good to be back to uh, the normal normal conversation we have here, uh, separated by a couple miles in the internet. Yeah, it was good to it was good to have the with the in in real life interaction, but definitely uh you know, feeling at home, being in front of the uh, computer and uh hearing you on my headset. Um but what a weekend. What a weekend. What a weekend it was uh having you uh in in Chicago for the weekend. Um for those who don't know, in case he had come down for uh to Chicago to hang out at our friend Dan's place. Uh, for the weekend, and what were we, what were we up to? We have an annual tradition. We get together and uh, watch basketball. And in the past, ostensibly, we've played uh, the card game of Magic the Gathering. Well, some of us did. Half of the podcast hosts did uh, this weekend. But uh, the surprise this weekend, I think, was how much time was filled up by watching uh, Fortnite. Yeah, a lot of lot of Fortnite watching became really intimate with Ninja um, and his his Fortnite skills. What was he about? His I learned all about his revenue stream, what he's bringing in, how he's doing it. I learned a lot this weekend. Oh, and not to be yeah. messed up, we'll come back to the second. But Casey had on a sweet mustache that I was surprised to see about. But that was that was, you were looking real good. Yeah, it's uh, become kind of part of the part of the tradition during the winter. I grow out a, a winter beard um, to, I guess, essentially I don't want to shave all, all winter, so it's an excuse to grow out a beard. And then for this weekend, I put the mustache on, or leave the mustache on. I guess I don't put it on. I leave it on uh, for the weekend, and my wife uh, hates the mustache, so I'm able to do it on this one weekend that I that I get away. <laughs> so when I come back, I have to to shave it right off, and obviously I'd shave it off before work tomorrow anyway, but yeah, it was uh, quite the look. Uh, it was weird to all of a sudden remember that I had a mustache when I was out in public, <laughs> getting kind of side-eyed looks or, or what have you that I'm not used to getting, and it's like, oh yeah, I look ridiculous, that's right. <laughs> so, it was, it was get a picture, picture out there. Uh, so. No, we definitely do not. <laughs> So we were, you mentioned we were looking at the uh, revenue streams uh, of Ninja. You got pretty fired up and pretty uh, entrepreneurial yourself and were ready to start a Fortnite stream of your own. Yes. How did yes. that uh, experience go? I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to become a streamer. I'm going to stream uh, Fortnite. Uh, I got off the ground. Was that Saturday night where I, I downloaded it on my phone? So yeah. I took the first step. Um, yeah. nice to do it on my Xbox and next thing you know I'm a millionaire that's uh, all the steps that there are to it and I saw you did get a kill in, in your game despite not really knowing how to run around or pick up a gun but you managed that that was entertaining to watch I got a kill uh, I, and built, as... I built a wall don't forget that <laughs> yes <laughs> somehow built a wall I don't know how any of this was being done on the phone but it was really fun to, to watch you to watch you struggle through it I, I think possibly a multi-million dollar uh, entertainment business is in your future on yeah. the, the streaming. Yeah, so be on the lookout. Be on the lookout <laughs> for my Twitch stream. And be so sure that was to look the, for a subprime membership. Yeah. Yeah, sub with your Twitch Prime account. Uh, Prime. Yeah, and then on the way home, uh, the Metro being the fantastic public service that it was, I had us sitting for about 45 minutes as we waited for a southbound train to pass us, and 
I don't know why, but it took 45 minutes. So that was unexpected. Uh, delayed getting home even even more, but I uh, made it made it in time for the pod tonight. So all right, Good to be back we, home. Yeah, well, I'm glad you I'm glad you made it home. I'm glad you're able to to sit down and and do this podcast with me. Uh, as always, I'm grateful. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I'm. So we get into the the weekend that was in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, the Sweet uh, 16 and Elite 8 rounds this weekend. Let's talk about uh, mine and uh, mine and Chicago's team, Loyola, defeating Nevada in the Sweet 16, and then yesterday defeating uh, Kansas State in the Elite 8 to move on to the first Final Four since, what is it, 1963 or whatever it was for, Lo- for Loyola. So... Uh, the thing that stands out with Loyola, and I would like to say this is why I picked them to be my upset team. Let's pretend that it is. They run a really good offense. Uh, they get the motion that they run on offense. They get open shooters. They get driving uh, driving lanes for the guys who can drive, and they get easy, they seem to get easy shots against uh, Nevada, who had a pretty good defense through the year in Kansas State, who. You know, we saw in this tournament what they were able to do, you know, specifically against Kentucky. But Loyola was getting open buckets, and they were and they were making them. Yeah, and they're they're always they're always timely. I think in the um, the Vada game, they were down early, uh, came back, got up, and then the Vada came back because that's what they do. Um, and mm-hmm. that game they came down again. They hit a clutch three um, at the end, and they, and then Nevada hit a, a three that was uh, that should have been reviewed, I believe. Um, well, it wasn't. <laughs> <At> least, <laughs> kind of close. That's, that's the way it looked on my iPhone screen. It looked close, and then they showed a replay, and it was not. So. Oh, okay. Right. So. <laughs> not, that was. It was a close. That was me. Yeah. Casey so. was watching the game on his his iPhone, iPhone six, right? So. Yeah. On the small screen, <laughs> I thought that, that should have been a reviewable was. play, but it wasn't. And they marched on to take on. Um, uh, Kansas State in the Elite Eight game, which Kansas State, yeah, yep. which I really, I mean, they, it was, they it wasn't that competitive. Like they had the lead from wire to wire for the most part. Yeah, they they were able to score on Kansas State, and Kansas State wasn't able to match match the score. Yeah, good old uh, Bruce Weber, not not able to to beat an Illinois team or or, or get there again, but. Uh, Loyola, oh, all the shots, all the shots. I mean, Sister Jean does it again. Give her props. Making things. Have you happen. noticed? Uh, have you noticed the tide is is turning a little bit on Sister Jean? Not saying people are saying bad things about Sister Jean, but you know, up until the Sweet Sixteen, everybody was like, "Wow, Sister Jean, a member of the team, they're all doing it together." And now there's been a pivot in the narrative, and all of a sudden it's. You know, the players are really the ones doing this. Yeah. Mr. Jean's been praying for 60 years or whatever it is, yeah. but the players are different this year. Right. It's funny that the yeah. narrative has turned on this <laughs> sweet old lady. <laughs> that's what, that's like, that's, yeah, that's the tournament and, like, the internet in a nutshell. We get a lot of it the first weekend, and we're like, oh, everyone's done with it. Let's move on to something else. And it's not yeah. even – I feel I do feel bad for the kids because, like, Name a kid on their team. Name a kid on Loyola. I know you do because you're their biggest fan. But yeah, I feel like most people can't name. I have a, a, I have a podcast. Uh, yeah, you have a podcast. <laughs> you're a professional. <laughs> but it's yeah. like this should be all about like I feel like especially in being here in in Chicago, I feel like these kids should be like household names, and they're not because everyone's talking about Sister Jean. Um, not that yeah. it's Sister Jean's fault. It's you know Turner and, and CBS right. who are pulling this angle. But it, that's the part of like it infuriates me. Like these kids. Should be on top of the world right now. Everyone should know them by name, and they shouldn't be able to go anywhere without people wanting autographs. But no one knows who they are. Um, but uh, hopefully, it happened this week on the on their way to the uh, you know down to San Antonio. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, if they so. win uh, another game or two, people will will start knowing <laughs> by name. <laughs> I I would love for Loyola to win because they would definitely throw a parade in the city. And just to see it, like all these people turn out, just because it's gonna be in the middle of the day and they don't have to go to work, and they're not Loyola fans. But everybody would have to Google. Everybody would have, in Chicago would have to Google where the Loyola campus is first before attending the parade. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> and all this all the shots uh from from their campus i, I, I assuming it was like their, their uh i forget the name of it but their student center the, yeah the equivalent to the union and it, yeah it was packed but it looked like a i don't know what would you say about it the size of a, a small classroom <laughs> was the <laughs> was the camera angle yeah, there was... they were packed and no there was no no one no one no one had any like beverages of any sort like not even like sneaking drink like it they were just it looked like stone sober watching their team go to the final four which was awesome <laughs> yeah there was literally dozens of kids in the in the room so good <laughs> yeah. for them but shout out congratulations loyal making final four you picked that yeah. man you called that one well yeah i picked them all the way to sweet 16 but now i'm as you know our blog says we are on the bandwagon so Yep, Michigan beat Texas A&M in the Sweet 16, and then Florida State in the Elite Eight, who beat uh, Gonzaga. Yeah. Uh, Michigan just in, against Texas A&M, it was just raining threes. They had they scored 99 points, uh, just were making everything. It was crazy. Uh, and then Florida State ground down uh, Gonzaga in their Sweet 16 game. Well, then the game last night uh, against Florida State. Uh, it wasn't really memorable. I guess I mean Michigan's just—they're just hot. They just—they're being hot. I think we talked about this in the Big, yeah, they left, in the Big Ten tournament. They left. Uh, I think they made all their three pointers in the first game against A and M because they went four for twenty-two in this game. And your boy Mo Wagner, zero for yeah. seven uh, oh. from from three-point land. Yeah. Uh, it it was a weird game. Just a lot of missed shots. I guess you could say. A lot of tough defense. I think both Michigan and Florida State play above average defense, so it was a real grinder of a game. The big kind of takeaway from this game was that Florida State was down four with like 20 seconds left or something like that, and they didn't foul. They just let the clock run out, which yeah. was really strange. Oh, yeah. Did you see the, the thing we missed on Saturday? Did you see the interview uh, with the Florida State coach after the game? I did uh, I, I I didn't see the interview, but I read a, that it happened, and yeah. I saw his I guess apology tweet uh, today as well. All right, if you have the time, go back and watch it because it is it is beautiful. The way he looks at her, the way he just like what kind of question is that? It is uh, a classic. Yeah. You know, he there was a point, and there was a point where he was like gonna. He was going to go over the top and say something that was going to be really, you know, kind of really new, like hot take. And he caught himself and you could see it. And then he started going to coach mode and he's like, those are great kids, da 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 But it, it's definitely, I think it's worth the watch. Okay. I'll have to go back and see it. It, yeah. it sounded not great. Uh, and it's kind of funny because I thought he had a really good coaching, uh, did a really good coaching job in this tournament to have it kind of be remembered by that last decision uh that it seems like everybody disagrees with but yeah i don't know i mean uh, disappoint it'd be disappointing yeah what do you do you don't these interviews right after people lose i think i am as i couldn't imagine and i'm only a fan somebody interviewing me right after my team loses asking about you know a performance or a mistake or or something that happens and i'm much less involved than somebody who made the mistake or made the decision or, or what have you. So I, I don't blame, you know, when you're a coach and you're upset again, I didn't see the specific interview, but I'm thinking more of like, uh, you know, after like Cam Newton loses yeah. uh, the Super Bowl and, and people are like talking to him right there and mm -hmm. he's upset and people are like, Oh my God, he's upset. Well, you shouldn't be upset. This is mm -hmm. as a fan. I want people to be upset when they lose. It means that they care. I understand that there's a professionalism and things involved, but it's a tough spot that we put coaches and players in to be in interviewed right after the game. I mean, that is still fresh. And we talked about last week, you know, you lose a tournament game in for us as fans, it's our weekend shot. It's like, I don't want to talk about basketball. Let's, yeah. Yeah, you know, let's turn on Twitch again or something. But uh, so I just think it's a tough, a tough spot in, I guess, maybe a little bit of defense of Leonard Hamilton, but just kind of in a, in a general sense, the microphones get put in the face real, right away. And that's gotta be tough. Yeah, it's so tough. I am not a fan of the whole, yeah the interview right after the loss. I mean, even a win to to an extent, but it's just uh, I mean, ups. I understand they have to, you know 
it, it comes with the territory, yada, yada, yada. But I never, yeah. yeah, I never, like, I've never been a fan of, oh, you just lost. Can you give us, give us some takes right now? Oh, you're an asshole right. for not talking to us. Like, that doesn't, I wouldn't talk. <laughs> I would not, I would definitely be a yeah, Marshawn I, Lynch. I would be a Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> just not. <laughs> yeah, we, well, but. That's why we're doing podcasts and not yeah, coaching. That's why we're podcasts and not I guess. collegiate or professional athletes. One of the that's one of the reasons. <laughs> one of the reasons. So that yeah. was Michigan, Florida State. Uh, the I guess the next uh, set of games was uh, Villanova, who defeated uh, Villanova, who defeated West Virginia. And that the score ended up being a twelve point game, but I felt like it was a closer game uh, than that. Yeah. Uh, to move on and face uh, Texas Tech, who defeated uh, Purdue. Uh, again, another one that I felt closer than it was. They ended up winning by 13 uh, there. Do you have any th- anything on the uh, Sweet 16 games, Texas Tech or Purdue, and West Virginia, uh, Villanova? Well, uh, Villanova, West Virginia. Um, we were watching that together, and I think we said uh, at yep. one point, Villanova had them right where they wanted them. They were down seven to West Virginia. <laughs> And that is a clear yeah. sign with like, I don't know, 15 minutes left or something. But it was a clear I think it was even nine. I think it was in the game. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely a situation West Virginia has been in at least every game that I've watched. They were up, yeah, with 11 to play. Yep, they were up yep. six with 11 to play. And uh, it's what they've done all year, at least, you know, in the games I've watched. Giving up that lead and once uh, Villanova came back, yeah, and then Purdue just not showing up um, makes me. I, I'm mad. Yeah, I, that was... I picked them going far, and it's like the game. It always says when they don't shoot well, and it's like I know yep. you guys can shoot well because you've done it against every other team, and you, I don't know. They just decided not to. They just decided not. To, nothing was falling. I mean, I know Haas was out. Um, even though mm-hmm. Purdue students were trying to make him a bionic arm um, all weekend. Did you see all that? Yeah. So, so much Did you see it? Unreal. Uh, Vince Edwards, uh, he tweeted out, uh, where were all these engineers when my car broke down freshman year? I was I was <laughs> looking for help. Nobody came to help me, and now they're building him yeah. all this equipment for his elbow. It's pretty funny. It's like, yeah, bionic then? We can make him better. Yeah. Could you imagine if that like happened? If they like, came out with some student-built <laughs> like yeah, arm brace some pad that so like lined his elbow up enough so he could play? Um, yeah, I didn't have much hopes for Purdue in this game. Uh, the reason being is they felt like this. If they had a kind of general sense about their team, a feeling about their team that this was their year. Things kept going well. I know they had a little bit of a, a struggle once they got ranked fifth and then leading into the tournament. They did well in the tournament, uh, the Big Ten tournament, that is. But once Haas went down, it kind of like the glass shattered, and it was like yeah. they're, oh, bubble deflated. It, this might be it for them. So I, I didn't have too high hopes going into the game. Uh, I was kind of rooting for them because it did seem like it was all kind of coming together for them uh, for a run, but I just wasn't, wasn't meant to be yep. uh, for them. But that led us on to the – uh, Villanova Texas Tech game, uh, and I'd just like to say that there was a lot of rebounds available in that game. A lot of rebounds. <laughs> a lot of rebounds. A lot of missed shots. I think both teams shot thirty-three percent from the field. Uh, Villanova shot sixteen percent from three, mm-hmm. uh, but they managed to get twenty offensive rebounds. Villanova did, and that was enough to secure a real scrappy. Uh, Game victory for them. Well, Villanova. I don't have much. Yeah, I don't have much on the Villanova game. It was a interesting game to watch. Um, I think at this point they're gonna. Uh, they're the ones that are gonna take it all. Um, pretty sure I said that from the beginning. Yeah. So I'll just stick with it. <laughs> there you go. Vill- Villanova. Um, yeah, I think they're. Yeah, they'll probably. I think they're the best all around team. Um, so I think they'll mm-hmm. just keep marching on. Um, I'm getting a little ahead it of myself. Could be. But yeah, I was a bit surprised how how they were able to get all of these offensive rebounds because they don't have a great amount of size. They have a couple guys who are are big, but there's not like one or two 
big, you know, kind of power forward center type guys on the team. But they got a couple guys who they play in the post and they're real active, uh, real athletic, uh, got a lot of rebounds for them. So that was a little bit surprising as I was looking at kind of at the, the tail of the tape. Uh, they don't, on paper, don't seem that like they could pull off something like that, but they were able to in this game just kind of through uh, through hustle positioning, it seemed like. so. Yeah, do you feel like, I feel like Villanova is, always has those players that don't look athletic, but they're somehow, really, like, they're really good at basketball. Maybe it's their, maybe it's their strength and conditioning coach. Did you, before we go into that, do you know the only team that has managed to beat Villanova in the past three NCAA tournaments is? Do you know who that team is? Do you remember this? Who who remember that team? Uh, it was the Wisconsin Badgers. The Wisconsin Badgers. So See, pretty essentially, essentially that's like winning the national championship in and of itself. So right. congratulations, I mean, Wisconsin Badgers. If they go on and win, we should win. Because if we got if we would have got in, we would have won it. That's what that's what. Yeah, yeah, we could have we could have beat Villanova. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so I guess a little a little notch on on our belt for that. Congratulations, Wisconsin. For beating them last year, can we, can we do that? I mean, you, UCF did it. Why don't we do? Just tweet out that we're national champions. Yes. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't think. I think they had uh, let's a little bit better year than than yeah. comparatively than the Badgers well, did this year. Yeah, so that's hearsay. We're national champions. Yeah, I said that's it. That's right. Beat Villanova. Uh, all right, on to the I guess the last set of games. Uh, Duke defeated Syracuse 69-65, and uh, Kansas beat Clemson 80-76. to uh, I guess I'd like to talk about the Duke-Syracuse game and the amazing amount of... <laughs> uh, yeah, again, we watched this together. Uh, there was an amazing amount of failed alley-oop attempts in this game. It was so frustrating as both teams played uh, the same zone defense against each other. It was a tough watch for me. Yeah, that should be illegal. There should not in college basketball. You should not have to watch two zone zone defenses in the same game. Like, yeah, it made it especially zone. bad since there was both of them. Yeah, yeah, and they were both they both weren't executed well at all. Yeah, and it was it, it felt like I was watching like a you know like an eighth grade game or something where it's like, oh no, we can't <laughs> dribble to the middle because there's zone. We're just gonna try to pass over people, <laughs> and that's all we yeah, do. Oh, that alley oop didn't work. Let's try it again. Uh, but it was bad. Yeah, it, was it was a tough was, watch. It was a very tough watch. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Duke moved on uh, to face Kansas. Kansas, uh, they ended up only winning by four uh, at the final score, but I felt like they were in control of that game the, the entire time. And Clemson just made a couple buckets towards the end. Uh, I don't have much else to say about that game, do you? No, nothing really. No. Nope. All right. So that brought us to, I guess, the – Main event for the weekend, uh, Kansas-Duke today. I was watching this from on my iPhone on the train. So that, was, that was an experience, but uh, it was a really, a really good game. Uh, maybe I don't want to get crazy. I haven't gone back and looked, but maybe the best game of the tournament uh, for me. Yeah, it, well, it was a good game because of all the star power um, and the plays on uh, the players down the stretch. I thought Duke was gonna pull that off at the end uh, when they were coming back, and I thought that yep. last shot in regulation, the Grayson Allen, you know, no, it was it was gonna be him to take that shot, and I, <laughs> I was watching it go in and out, and I just love to see the Grayson Allen disappointment uh, spoil brat face. Yeah. Uh, that was really good. Like, well, that thing was bouncing around the rim. Like, oh no! Like, he's gonna be, you know, the talk of of Duke, and da da da. He's gonna. That's how it's. That's how yeah. we're gonna remember him for a while. And it's like, but then it went off, and and they went off, and and, and Kansas showed up and showed out in overtime. But yeah, that was a really. That was, I mean, that was a really good game. I could have been. That would have been a great championship game. To be honest with you. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, Grayson Allen missing. I mean, I'm gonna miss cheering against that guy. Uh, he's a senior, moving on to the next level, I presume. But he was he was fun to cheer against. I'm sure Duke's gonna find somebody else to replace yeah. him. But uh, yeah. we'll have someone else to help. Something else. But was, uh, Malik was... Newman, I wanted to, Malik Newman, I wanted to shout out for uh, Kansas. He scored 32 points in the game, including all 13 points in overtime for Kansas. So a real, uh, real great game from him. Hey Duke, you might want to guard him. 
That was anything else on uh, on Duke Kansas. I think, like you said, that could have been a national championship game. Uh, I'm excited for as we look ahead. I guess we'll talk about that in a second. But Kansas Villanova, I think, is a chance to be that too. Uh, but anything else about the Sweet 16 Elite Eight games that were before we no, go I, look ahead? I think we wrapped it up pretty good. I think we can look on to um, the teams marching out of the Final Four in those matchups. All right. So Final Four is this Saturday. Um, we got Loyola versus Michigan and Kansas versus Villanova. So let's talk about Loyola. Loyola, Chicago against Michigan. Um, I'm excited for this one because I think Loyola has a chance to win. They do. I agree. I and agree. That, and that's the. I think that's the more interesting storyline. Uh, I, I guess Michigan going to another championship title – uh, Jim Bayline taking the Michigan Man of March title from Tom Izzo, I think, might have already happened. So there's that storyline story going on. Michigan State hasn't made it out of the Sweet 16 in the last three years. No, hasn't made it to the Sweet 16 in the last three years or something crazy like that. Wow. Uh, Michigan's been to a title game recently and not here another Final Four. <sighs> Things might be changing in – uh, the state of Michigan, as far as the title of the March Wizard goes. Uh, but I was a little bit worried that if Florida State won, uh, because by the time the Michigan-Florida State game happened, Loyola had already won, I think Florida State had more presented a more challenging matchup for Loyola because mm-hmm. of their size. Yeah. Uh, I think Michigan is a more guard-heavy team. I know Mo Wagner is kind of the face of the team, and he plays inside, and they got a couple other you know big guys there, but they're – their primary uh, players are their guards and, and forwards, and I think that plays into what Loyola does. Um, and Loyola, I think, can match up pretty well with the offense that they've been putting up in this tournament, the offense that they've been running, and the defense that they've been playing. I, I, haven't, seen, I haven't seen a line yet, but I fancy Loyola's chances. Yeah, it's going to be great. I think Loyola, Loyola does have a chance. Um, I mean, Michigan is hot, so we'll, we'll definitely – I uh, I think Loyola has a chance, but I really think it's a it's a coin flip game. Um, I don't think I don't think uh, Loyola is going to get run out of the gym or anything. Um, I think they'll. I mean, they'll obviously be everyone's hyped. It's the it's a Final Four. I mean, these are the two teams that you did not really expect to be there. Obviously, obviously Loyola, Michigan. Some people called it. I think we called it. We called it right. Yeah, we called it. Let's, yeah, yeah, we, we called it. Pretty much, we called it. But, but most people most people did not see these two teams here. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if it's a tight game, uh, towards the end, mm-hmm. like which team really starts to feel the pressure, right? Um, obviously there's some kids in machine that's kind of, they've been on this final four stage or have seen it. Loyal hasn't even sniffed it. Um, but so we'll see, yeah. we'll see what happens, uh, you know, if it's tight down the stretch if if that becomes a factor, which it should, uh, who's going to get more camera time, for these promos setting Ooh. up for CBS, Sister Jean or, or Wagner? Sister Um I got to give the edge to to Mo Wagner because he's he's on the team, so he's going to get mm-hmm. more opportunity. I think more chances to be on on the screen than Sister Jean. Yeah, I wonder if that. Uh, I wonder if that's a bet somewhere. I might put in for that. Put in that. Oh yeah, so it should be. You know, it should be an interesting week. God, we have wait. We have wait a whole week now because the games aren't until Saturday. I just realized that. Eesh. Yeah, Saturday, uh, Loyola Chicago, five o'clock Central, uh, Kansas Villanova, seven forty-nine. Yeah. So Central. that yeah, and that Kansas, Kansas Villanova game, the real, like, the heavyweight matchup. I, Kansas looks good. But, I mean, Kansas looks real good. And I know I picked Villanova, but Kansas looks good. I don't. I still think Villanova will pull it out. I hope this is another good game, like the Kansas Duke game. Um, mm-hmm. But this uh, Kansas is definitely, you know, longer and more athletic than Villanova. Yep. Uh, so we'll see if that comes so. into play. That's that. But uh, you know, Villanova has a playmaking point guard that can do it all. Uh, they do it all from from what I can see. So that could be the uh, the difference maker in the game. 
Yeah, I think Villanova kind of, if you look at a season on the whole, has been a, a better team. They've been, I think this is the number one team for 14 weeks, whereas Kansas seemed like it took a while for them to find themselves. Uh, the stat they like to throw out is they lost three games at home, which uh, is unheard of under Bill Self. But I think they've really kind of settled into their roles. Uh, Azubuke has been uh, really improved, and DeSosa has been uh, really improved, giving them that, that balance, that inside balance that they lacked earlier in the year. So I think they're really rounded into shape at a good time, and I think we definitely saw that against uh, Duke here today. Uh, but Villanova is a, a really, really good team. Uh, I do like how the bracket kind of broke out uh, this year because we had one side where it was complete mayhem and the other side mm. where it was essentially chalk. Mm. When, once you got to the lead eight, I know Texas Tech was over Purdue, but still it was a one, a three, a one, and a two. Uh, and as you look at the bracket that I have, at least on the right side, and the left side was a three, a nine, a nine, and an 11 in the lead eight. So, uh, you know, there's all this talk about the madness and the, the craziness of the bracket, and I think that was true to some extent. We saw some things that were uh, unprecedented, obviously, 16 over one, and then how open that le- uh, to the two regions were that had all of those upsets. Uh, but the other side was pretty pretty straightforward, pretty chalk. So I think on on a whole, it was probably about what we get in a normal NCAA tournament, but it just seems so crazy because all of the upsets happened on one side. Yeah. So you don't think you don't think that's it's you don't think it's uh, this tournament was out of the realm of any other tournament. Like some people are saying that is like asking the question: Is this an aberration or is this going to be the new norm? Yeah, I I th- I, I would go no. I know that you know if you want to look at someone who's really looked into it and given out stats, go read Jay Billis on ESPN. He's kind of gone in and been like, this has happened this many times since 2000 and gone into all that. I'm not going to mm-hmm. you know, regurgitate that here. But, I mean, if if we ended up with this Final Four, it's just that it always on on that one side. Because we get these numbers of upsets, just the, the one yeah. seeds being out. And so I think the thing that never happened before was a 16 beating a one, and then the one through four seeds not making it to the Sweet 16, or all of them didn't make it to the Sweet 16 in the South yeah. region. But that was essentially because the 16 beat a one seed, which right. almost never happens. And one seed almost always beat, you know. So that, yes, that's a surprising. But I don't think that is repeatable. I don't think that we've reached a new threshold of craziness in the tournament. I think we're going to end up with a one seed in the championship game. And it might be a one versus eleven, but that would, and perhaps that would be something. If Loyola wins, then we're talking about another, a third thing that's unprecedented. But mm-hmm. I just think that's how the chips fell. The upsets happened in this, whereas in a normal year they're a little bit more scattered, and we get to a similar point anyway. All right. Well, do you would you want to make picks uh, for the final four games in the uh, championship? Sure. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with my head over my heart. Mm-hmm. Take Michigan, and then I'm going to take Kansas to win it all. Kansas oh, okay. over Villanova, Michigan over Loyola, Kansas That's beating cool. Michigan. Okay. I think they just rounded into form. Uh, I thought Duke was the best team, most talented team, and Kansas. Granted, it took overtime, but Kansas beat them, so therefore they're, in my mind, the most talented next best team. Okay. I will take Villanova over Kansas, and I am riding with the – I'm jumping on this bandwagon, and I'm staying on it, and Loyola's taking Michigan, and we're taking down Villanova, and we're having a parade right here in Chicago, and I will have a scarf. Oh I'll tweet some pictures. It's going to be fantastic. All right. Loyola to win it all. That would be, that would be something. I can't. Uh, I'll just say it was a that would. There you go. <laughs> it's a win-win situation for us. Win-win. <laughs> it's, the, it's the joys of having a podcast. Yes, that's right. <laughs> all right. On yeah, the so other this... side, when, when you make a pick and you're wrong, there's people be like, actually, you said this. Uh, look at this bracket that you put on the internet. 
Oh. All right. Well, that's, so, yeah, that's Final Four. We got any more, any more words on the tournament um, before we get into Final Four next week? No, I don't. Nothing, nothing more on the tournament. I don't think. I think we covered pretty good. Yeah, I think we did a good job. We we had this thing up and down. So pretty well, pretty good. Pretty pretty good. Um, all right, we're gonna get into a new segment. You wanna try a new segment? Sure, let's oh. try a new segment. Yeah, let's do this it. This one is called Big Deal or No Deal. We'll uh, run through some yeah, topics no and we'll, we'll see if it's uh, it's a big deal or no deal in in, in our minds. Does that sound good? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So the news broke that there's a new football league coming other than the F- mm. XFL. Um, this league, or no, it's not a league, sorry. It's, it's the American Alliance Football, and it is the CEO, Charlie Ebersol, uh, who is the yeah. son of, uh, what's his face, Ebersol, <laughs> who started, who, helped, who was in with uh, McMahon for making the original XFL. And Charlie Ebersol okay. actually was the producer of, I don't did you see the 30 for 30 in the XFL? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was, was really actually, good. Yeah, he was actually a producer. Um, yeah, it was oh, okay. really good. Um, so, Casey, is this a big deal or a no deal? Well, I guess I I didn't see this. What is what is the American Alliance football, oh, not right. league football, going to be? What is I, it? I don't even know. I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. So, he's basically, um, so I, I watched the, he came out. I guess they've been working on this for a year and a half in secret, and they had a big con- press conference. Um, and they are coming out with a football league, and they're targeting a debut February 9th of 2019. So they're cutting in front of the XFL. Um, so they're basically going to be a week after the Super Bowl in 2019. Uh, I think eight eight teams. Uh, yeah, they have eight teams. They have people in... Um, yeah, they have people. He has brought in people such as Bill Polian, uh, Troy Polamalu was on this, uh, J.K. McKay, Heinz Ward, Justin Tucker, all uh, all, all part of this, and oh, even Jared, like Jared Allen. So he's brought in a bunch of you know obviously NFL minds. He's trying to make he doesn't mm-hmm. like to call a league. He's calling an alliance because there's no he said there's not a commissioner. They're making a alliance between the fans, players, um, and ownership. Um, so his big, okay. Ebersol's big pitch is that people are, are you know, watching football in enormous numbers more than any other sport. And there's a huge drop off mm-hmm. from the NFL viewership to other professional sports. So there is that there's a market for people that are just that want to watch football when there's no football being played. Um, so he wants to bring okay. that product uh, product out to uh, to the masses. Okay, it's a big deal. It's a big deal because I, the XFL, uh, McMahon came out, said I'm going to do the XFL, and he did it his way because he said, hey, I have all this money. I am going to make a football league. This is what I'm going to do. It was typical, this is typical old school new versus new school, right? I have a lot of money. I'm an old man, a lot of money. I'm going to make something happen. Charlie Ebersol is doing the, the, the new like uh, Silicon Valley startup scene where I'm going to raise a bunch of money. I'm going to call myself CEO. I'm going to get a bunch of people that I'm going to get a bunch of people that people know. So it makes it look really serious. And I'm going to make this happen. And he's, he's doing a good sales pitch. Um, so the reason is a big deal. It's either going to make the uh, it's either going to make McMahon make the XFL good or, or better or the AA. Yeah, the AAF, the American Alliance football. Uh, it's going to be somewhat of a of a legitimate league. I've heard very uh, opposing arguments, but one argument about how this could be a great feeder for the NFL, kind of like um, NFL Europe was, um, and okay. it gives players it gives players a place to play actual football, especially line play, because line play has been down because colleges are, are doing a different uh, different style from the pros. Um, and they can really, I guess, in NFL Europe, there was really there was players that went over and really developed over there, and then came back and had had pretty good careers. And they that's really been lacking mm-hmm. um, since that since that league folded. So I think it's maybe it's going to be a good for that for that reason. Another reason is it gives me another league to train for. I don't know if you knew this. But I once the XFL came out, I and it was coming out twenty twenty. 
I put my hand in that I was going to at least get a tryout for the XFL. Um, now, oh, okay. I can, now I get to move up my training schedule. Uh, shout out yeah. to, my, to my agent and our lawyer, Scott, for putting this together. Oh. Um, so I'm putting up my training regiment and we'll be going out for, for an AAF team as well. Oh, wow. So that's, that's, why it's a big that's deal. a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I can't, I, as far as the league, for me, uh, there will be no trial to my future. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, no deal to me. Uh, I don't see, I guess, depends on what you're on what you're saying. This is an alternative, you know, development or alternative to the NF in addition to the NFL. It's not a competitor to the NFL. We're just saying, Mm -hmm. Hey, there's football fans. Nobody's playing football during the summer. We can put together a team of non NFL players, non collegiate players, and we can play football over the summer. Sure. That's Mm -hmm. fine. That's fun. But it's no deal to the NFL. It's not a competitor. It's not going to, usurp any interest in the NFL and it's going to be uh, I, I think there are some different rules and things which would be interesting to try uh, so it's no deal for me no deal okay are you going to watch I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think one of the big things too is uh, they already have a TV partner deal with CBS and uh, I know the XFL, he was like, ah, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so just a little tidbit. Um, okay, sticking with football. Yeah. Collegiate players going pro. Uh, they've been going this past week. A lot of pro days have been happening. Um, okay. So I'm going to take you through a couple. Of, well, I'll take you through one, and you, let me know. Saquon Barkley. So Penn State had their mm-hmm. their pro day. Apparently, Saquon Barkley showed up and just uh, didn't work out. His his the running back coach didn't show up, so he says, ah, "I'm not going to work out." Um, so Saquon Barkley didn't work out, and his best his his best quote from what he said is, "I'm done running with my shirt off. I'm ready to put the pads on." All right. <laughs> yeah, it's ready to play football. Game. Yeah. So Saquon Barkley not working now. Is that a big deal or no deal? I think it's a no deal. Uh... We have hours and hours of tape on these guys. Uh, I, I don't get what you get from a pro day, uh, especially from a running back. I don't know what additional you're going to see that you haven't gotten elsewhere. Um, and I agree. Take on Barkley. Put the shirt back on. <laughs> Let's play football. Yeah. I, if you haven't seen, like, Shake, Swick, Shake, God damn it. <laughs> Saquon Barkley. And like all of his workout videos that he's been putting on on Twitter and Instagram, he's never wearing a shirt. And yeah. I think I think he just I mean he can, obviously. He's like he's you know, not a bad body. But um yeah, yeah but y- you're not gonna put your shirt back on, bro. Um so yeah, it's not a big deal. If you're not gonna draft Saquon Barkley, you're an idiot. because uh, he's really good at football. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what, on the record. On the record. That's the bottom line. But uh, Sam yeah. Darnold has pro day. Okay. And did you know what he did, Casey? I don't know what he did, no. He threw in the rain. He has pro oh. day and he threw in the rain. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah. And that actually, for a lot of people, was a big deal. There's so many yeah. articles. Yes. There's so much out there talking about him throwing in the rain, how it really pumped up his draft stock, especially if he's going to go to uh, Cleveland. I'm, yeah, I'm calling there. it no deal, by the way, but I just thought it was funny that people did think it was a big deal. Oh, well, I'm going I'm going big deal. <laughs> big deal. I think this says Sam Darnold is worried about his draft stock. Oh. He, oh. Had, he, he, felt, he felt he needed to go out and prove something, and he felt that enough to perform in adverse conditions Whereas I think mo- most anybody else would have just said, oh, it's raining, look at my tape, uh, look at you know what I've done elsewhere. Uh, so I think he felt like he needed to prove something. I don't see why else he would have done this. Wow. So he's, he's, he's not good between the ears? Is that what you're saying? He's a little, there's something going on in the head? <laughs> no. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not, not, not mentally not tough enough to play quarterback in the NFL? Is that what you're saying, Casey? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, if I wanted to question his decision making, I would point to the number of interceptions he's thrown <laughs> the last two years. But mm-hmm. no, I think it's it's more of a. There's been talk about some other quarterbacks climbing up people's draft boards and you know the pro days that they did, and he had an opportunity, and to have his pro day, and there was a great reason for him to cancel it and just rest on the laurels that he had. And maybe it's a credit to him that he didn't want to rest on the laurels and that's just he's a competitor and all that kind of talk. Mm-hmm. But I, what I read into it is that he's a little bit worried of these other quarterbacks passing him on the, on the draft board. All right. There you go, Sam Darnold. Casey says you're worried. Yeah. All right. To another quarterback, it's comeback season. Johnny Menzel had a pro day. At All right. San Diego State University, right? Is that right? Um, yeah. So Johnny's Johnny was whipping the ball around um, at a pro day. I think it's a I think it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Why is that? It's it's comeback season. <laughs> no, I don't think it's a big deal. I think I mean oh, the fact that he. Yeah, I know the fact that he um, <laughs> is like getting these legitimate shots. And people are covering him, and everyone knows. I, I'm pretty. I feel like everyone knows. Like he's not going to make it because he didn't make it. it. His first time around, like you can say, it, well, he wouldn't prep. He didn't do anything, but he didn't make because like he wasn't a good enough football player. Um, mm. And then on top of it, he had you know all the other stuff. So yeah, to like take time off of football and then come out. You know, I'm not knocking him for trying. Don't get me wrong, but I'm the fact that like people. Are talking like he's he has a chance. There's no way he has a chance. So this, this is not a deal at all. I think it's a big deal because he was one of the most fun college quarterbacks that I've seen play. And if he can do that at all, I don't think he can. But if he can, that's awesome. If he joins the AAF, yeah, now that becomes a big deal. Yes. That's now true. that's where I think you could get some you know, eyeballs like mine onto your below average football game. <laughs> if you have <laughs> Johnny Manziel's or, uh, you know, equivalent type players who, you know, for whatever reason, yeah, well, <laughs> now you're dragging down the AFL even farther. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but if you get these entertaining players from college who you only were able to watch for, you know, whatever, two, three years, uh, and for whatever reason can't make it in the NFL, uh, but can still play co- football at a high level, and the league is different so that those players can succeed. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know uh, if that's even feasible, but maybe it is, and maybe that's more eventually gets more exciting mm-hmm. than what the NFL is now. I'm not sure. But in the short time... Uh, in 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 the near term, short time in the near term, uh, Johnny Manziel playing football. I might I might be watching. Uh-huh. I mean, I'd watch it. Oh yeah, I would watch it. Yeah, yeah he played. He was it was very it was very exciting in in college. Yeah, and I I wanted him to be good because I wanted to yeah. you know cheer it on, but he just wasn't. So yeah, well, yeah, comeback season. All right, so. Um, Kentucky lo- when Kentucky lost, I don't know if you saw this, but they didn't shake hands um, after their game. So Kentucky, Kentucky yeah. being bad sports, and there was some chatter about this. Um, so was that to you? Was that a big deal or no deal? I think it was. I was. I think it was a. It was a big. It was a no deal that people made a big deal. Um, I think like you were talking about earlier, like you when you lose, there's there's emotion. There's like a, a lot of emotion going on there, so I don't. Yep. You know, when people are, especially when you're the losing team and your team, like other players are like running around the court on the other side, and you see it all the yep. time. And they're, and when those those people that just stand in line waiting for them to be done celebrating to then shake their hand, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'd be like, I'm just gonna go to the locker room, bro. You know, let's see. You. So I it was it was not a big deal. It made a big deal because I forgot what Cal said. Cal said, um. Cal said something of the fact of it, you know, not being a big deal. And then anything Cal says, people jump on. But well, Team uh, Cal, yeah, it's Cal being. What I'll say, I'll say, no deal again. Echoing your your point of uh, that, they're just faced with adversity, and, and especially Kentucky. 
as Coach Cal would say, these, these are they're just kids out here. They're my kids uh, out here. You know, they're for Kentucky. It's a lot of eighteen, nineteen year olds who you know, will probably be in Kentucky for just one year. And I, you know, I guess can't feel bad. Shouldn't like have pity on them for that or something because they're the ones making this this decision. But there's a lot of pressure placed on these kids uh, to do well, and then when when they don't, uh, you know, that can be pretty emotional i think uh and granted a lot of them will go pro and and as college fans you'll sit here and say well they don't care about you know playing at kentucky they don't care about it because they're going to go pro and it doesn't mean anything to them Uh, on the contrary i think it it means it still means something to them and last year we saw that when um malik monk and uh and uh was who's the point guard who went to Sacramento? Fox. Oh yeah, yeah. Now you're talking about yeah. Uh, they were uh, crying after the game, you know, and it, and it was like a big moment, like oh, it means so much to these kids uh, that they, you know, had their shot at Kentucky, and they know it's their only shot. So I think that adds to it a, a little bit. I think I maybe I just making excuses for them at this point, but <laughs> I can see you know a group being not happy with with their performance, not happy with how the game went, and then. You know, not shaking hands as the other team is, is celebrating in your face. I don't, I don't, I don't envy them being in that position. Um, so I, I guess no deal for me. Yeah. Uh, I would want to be in that position, and uh, yeah, I'd rather they were good fans or good sports. We all would, right? But yeah, life doesn't yeah, always happen that way. So. Yeah, this isn't little league baseball, and this is not hockey. Like it doesn't. It's not that big yeah. of a deal. <laughs> so okay, agreed. Uh yeah, and then um, so over the week yeah over this past week I think it was both over the weekend. It's uh we got point guard injury season. Steph Curry who just came mm. back from an ankle injury has a grade yep. three AC or no MCL tear, and uh, Kyrie Irving had uh some sort of surgery, um to relieve relieve tension in his knee and both of them are bottom lines both of them are out until probably into the playoffs um yeah so i believe this is a big deal i think it's a big deal i think i don't think i'm i'm staying woke to the fact that this is paving the way for lebron to win a championship um yeah getting Kyrie out of the way and getting curry out of the way uh so yeah let's see this another nba conspiracy theory i'm throwing out there um they want bron to stay in cleveland and win another championship wow He's uh, getting some people to take out their their knee ligaments. <laughs> NBA conspiracy. Uh, I think it's a big. I agree. It's a big deal. Uh, I two playoff teams. I mean, Steph Curry. Uh, without him, uh, the Warriors are still great. But obviously, he, having him in the, that whole team, they can take it to to another level. And Kyrie Irving. Uh, I guess just as we start looking at playoff basketball. So, start talking about playoffs. This is when I want to see these guys. This is when I want to see Kyrie Irving playing hero ball and, you know, with his crazy handles and making these ridiculous shots in the lane that I don't even understand how he's shooting them, but they're going in. I mean, that's that's why you watch Kyrie Irving, not for, you know, whatever the 82 games during the regular season. You know, and Steph Curry, it's to, to see that team at its best in the playoffs. And, you know, at least for the first round, it sounds like we're not going to see that. So I think that's a big deal. Like you said, I think it opens up, uh, and maybe this is a good thing, but uh, depending on your viewpoint, uh, that it opens up the playoffs a little bit more. Golden State, a little less likely to win, gives more of a chance for Houston. Uh, Boston, a little bit less of a chance to compete, maybe opens it up for for the Cavaliers. Um, So maybe it makes the playoffs more interesting because of that uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'd rather see, you know, the best players at this time playing well, and we're not going to get that. And it got us talking about the NBA. So there, congratulations, yeah. NBA. You did it. Yeah. Good work Art. with your <laughs> sabotaging knee ligaments. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is it for Big Deal or No Deal. Um, now, Casey, are you ready? Is it is it time? Yeah. For this week's installment of Casey's Corner Kick, kind of a – not much of a not much of one this week. It is the 
March international break as teams are gearing up, trying to select their squads for the World Cup coming up this summer. All the domestic leagues took the week off. So for the first weekend, I think since fall, there was no soccer to watch. Uh, on the weekend, I'm not going to be watching international friendlies. Uh, so it was a, a sad, sad weekend for, for the corner kick. Oh, okay. So that's, that's it. it. That was it. That's it. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to, oh, I'm going to throw a yellow card. Is that what you do? Uh, yeah. A yellow card is a thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do that because I, I got something for the corner kick. Um, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what wait. you do? Throw a yellow card? You had something. So. I'm going to sit here and say that nothing happened in soccer in my in my segment. <laughs> and you're going to come in with an actual soccer story, okay? Yeah, right. How did you, I don't know how you didn't, I don't know how you didn't get to this. <laughs> oh man! All right. Um, Let's hear it. What about your boy? Uh, how do you spell it? Zlatan? Zlatan? Oh, okay. The, yeah. LA Galaxy. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yeah, that's how you say his name. I couldn't pronounce it. <laughs> coming over from Manchester United. He seems yeah. he, my, he got my attention. He got my attention with his his lovely letter to the city of LA. Did you read it? It's No. Let me hold on. Let me read it for you. Hold on. Hold on. Let me read, let me so I read it for you. Dear LA, you're welcome. That's it. That's the letter. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Uh Zlatan is he is quite the uh, quite the showman. He is very much uh, into kind of like this myth of Zlatan. Myth of Zlatan. Uh, he's very uh, happy. Uh, not very happy. He, he likes talking about himself. Let's say that. Um, I think the and why I didn't bring this up is I'm not sure it's much of a story. I think this this is a move that the MLS used to do. In years back, getting the David Beckhams, uh, the you know, aging Brazilians, these international players, uh, Andre Pirlo's from 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 Italy, uh, you know, they get these big name guys at the tail end of their career to try and sell tickets to go. Hey, I'm going to go see uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic this weekend because he's now playing for the Galaxy. I'm going to see uh, Pirlo uh, because he's now on whatever team he he played for. Um, and it just seems like a stretch from an era gone by in the MLS, especially when you compare that. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, Atlanta United and how they're selling out the Mercedes-Benz Dome or whatever it is down there in Atlanta, and they're having you know, 80,000 fans there. And what are they doing with their international exemptions and their you know, players that they're able to sign from overseas? They're getting young, talented players who fit their system and put on good soccer. Because you know what soccer fans want to see? actual good soccer. They want to see old players and reminisce about how they played for the club teams that they watch in Europe. So, Oh, so you're not a fan right. of this move? No. Although, I am a fan of... There was, uh, I, don't, I don't remember who tweeted it out, so I can't give him credit, but uh, it was a juxtaposed position. On one, it was Ibrahimovic in uh, his Man United uh, kit. He looks really tired, really worn down. And then there's a picture of him in the LA Galaxy kit, and he's yeah, looking at the camera and, like, flexing and screaming. And the sponsor for LA Galaxy is Herbalife. So the caption was, wow, this Herbalife stuff really kicks in fast. <laughs> yeah, all right. Oh. That's great. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad I was able to scoop you on the corner kick. Um, did I, yeah. play, I play the yellow card correctly? I think that's how you do it. Sure. <laughs> so, I, 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 I have uh, contributed to that segment uh, very well. So, yeah, yeah, it was well done. Any, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't even, I wasn't even going to get all into it, and then I went on a good rant about it. So, <laughs> well, at least they ran. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Is there anything else? Anything else when, um, from the weekend? From the weekend that was? From the week that was? Um, I think the thing yeah, Nothing. we learned that I'm gonna start a Twitch stream, trying out for a professional football league. So no big deal. Yeah, we're gonna see when you have your pro day. Mm-hmm. Oh, we did have a we yeah. did we did we did have a nice little round table, uh, <laughs> little little 
uh, living room talk over the weekend with all participating yeah. that I think we're, I think we're going to try to get out. I think it worked out well. I think it can work out well. Well, I'll tease it a little bit. I'll tease that we had some uh, we had some discussion that we might put in a bonus episode of the podcast. Um, if we do, it'll be on Wednesday. We'll see. Um, besides, yeah, you got anything else? No, that that is all that I got. So, all right. Till next time, as, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. <laughs>